The True Crime Society podcast contains adult themes and violence and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the True Crime Society podcast with Stephanie and Olivia. It's March 24th right now, Thursday. As usual, we just put out our Chiron episode, which I hope everyone um, found very interesting. If you had heard the case before and if you hadn't heard the case before, hope I keep wanting to say I hope you enjoyed it, but like that's not the right word. So I hope that you found it interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like with those older cases, it's hard to know if that's what people want to hear about. But the Chiron one seems to have been really grabbing people's attention, I guess, because after 12 years, it really is a true mystery. You know, it hasn't been solved. There's nothing really happening that we know of. So maybe that's part of the reason why people are so fascinated and into his case. It's um since even it's only been out for probably I don't know a few hours now and I've already seen some really interesting comments. Um, one thing that we didn't touch on in the episode was that um, Desiree has actually written a book. So if anyone really is into that, they might want to go and check it out. And in that book, she talks about how she thinks Terry is the main suspect. So the book that Desiree wrote is called Love You Forever: The Search for Kyron Horman. She worked with an author to write it. And I've seen a lot of people commenting about it saying that it's got a lot of information that kind of hasn't really been made public. So I'm going to check it out and it might be something that you guys are interested in too if you've been following his case. Hmm. Maybe I'll check it out. Hmm. I was going to say something. Oh, and a few of you already messaged and said that you were very proud of my pronunciation of <laughs> some of the very complicated words. So thank you. Thank you for the compliments. <laughs> Not much else to chat about we were just trying to think of if we had anything to talk about in the intro and we both couldn't come up with anything besides that we're tired (laughs) just like i'm sure everyone else is tired um we're we're pretty boring i guess so it's been a big few weeks for me so i'm glad to have a quiet weekend this weekend i was just saying to you i've already made a start on next week's podcast so i'm hoping i'll be able to get ahead soon and get on top of things (laughs) Mm mm-hmm well, today we're going to be talking about a cult. And we we're saying this one had some arrests, even though all the charges were dropped, that even though cults, sometimes there's not a crime technically, there's no murder. I feel like cults just fall under true crime, and I feel like everyone would agree, so. Yeah, there. Are, I feel like there's a lot of things in this case that could absolutely be considered criminal, but it's just a matter of whether or not anything will come of those events and yeah, people will be charged. Yeah, so the cult we're going to talk about today is called Love Has One. As far as cult names go, it's very, very low on the spectrum for me. Not a great name. W-O-N, so not O-N-E. Love Has One Heart or something. Love Has One. Oh, yeah. W-O-N. Like victory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very live, laugh, love vibes. And for some reason, I always forget the name while I was researching stuff today. I kept having to look up what it was called because I want wanted to just keep looking putting love is blind like the show no no (laughs) i guess that's what first pops into your head (laughs) yeah and i just can't get it straight so if if i say that by accident no i'm just kidding i won't i don't think (laughs) all right so i guess we'll just get right into it should i pref should i give a summary or something um if you haven't heard of this cult i actually hadn't really heard much about it 
until Liv brought it up to me. But as something to hook you into being interested, I will say that this leads to a mummified body that was kept in the house with the shrine decomposing and mummified with all the followers Still living in the house with children as well, children and followers in the house. Yeah, and they created a shrine with fairy lights, and then the police came, and it's all on body cam footage, which is really yeah. interesting, and the police are like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so, <laughs> what is if you want to see how we get to the mummified body part, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> My sister is running a cult with a bunch of followers in Hawaii. She has been in charge of a group called Love Has One. She believes that she has been sent here to save the world. No matter what's happened to me, I will still stand for love. I commanded all my atoms to come home back in the light. All of Amy's followers refer to her as mom or mama. Mom is absolutely amazing. She's magical. I believe that Amy is scamming all of her followers. She has people buy stuff for her and send her gifts. Your contract is to be conscious. So having the unconscious is saying, I'm failing my contract, mother. Love is One puts out daily live streams every day. On all the videos, <laughs> she is screaming, she is Cursing. She is demanding people to do what she asks. My own light workers battled me, serving love and bringing in a new paradigm. You whores. This cult was started by a woman named Amy Carlson, and the followers refer to her as Mother God. She's also been referred to in articles as Mom and Mama G. So. Very creative. Um, <laughs> cult was relatively small in terms of followers. There were between 12 and 20 full-time members who lived in a home with Amy, and there were a handful more worldwide, um, up to like 200. They did a lot of stuff online, so that's how they kind of had a bigger network outside of the home. Yeah. So as some background into Amy and kind of how she wound up becoming a cult leader or leader of this group. She was born on November 30th, 1975, in a small town in Kansas. Her mother is a woman named Linda Haythorn. Amy was the oldest child of three girls, and her parents split up when she was a child. When Amy was nine years old, her mother remarried and moved to Oklahoma City. Her parents then became embroiled in a custody battle, and Amy ended up splitting her time in Kansas and Oklahoma. Her relationship with her stepmother was described as difficult. Her youngest sister, Chelsea Renninger, she said, She was the sister I looked up to and wanted to be. She was smart, beautiful, and had an amazing voice. So by all accounts, Amy was popular and charming, but not really a dominant personality. Her mother said, quote, She was not a leader. That came much later. Just as like a show note, <laughs> this isn't part of the story, Amy ended up doing a Dr. Phil episode last year. So I'm going to use some clips from that, but I just want you guys to know who's talking in these clips because sometimes it's kind of hard to tell if we don't preface it every single time. So the people who are there, Amy is there, her mom and her two sisters are there. So you'll be able to tell who those ones are. They're talking about the family life and things like that. There's also two of the followers there that I'll probably use clip from, clips from you'll definitely be able to tell which ones the followers are because they're kind of embarrassing. Um, <laughs> and that's really the only ones that I could think of 
being hard to tell who they are. So just keep that in mind when you listen to any clips that we put in. So there was a great article written by Rolling Stone, which we'll link in the blog that's worth reading. And according to that, she, Amy, also loves Sriracha, Beat Bobby Flay, Unicorns, and cell phone games. She's just like us. (laughs) She's got a varied range of interests. (laughs) Amy was a straight-A student while growing up. People who knew her said that she grew increasingly out there as she got older. I believe my daughter Amy is a leader of a cult. Growing up, my sister Amy was very sweet. She got good grades. Amy didn't show any signs of acting different. Amy was married three times by the time she was in her early 20s. Amy had three children with three different dads. After her third child was born, Amy became very distant. She did neglect her children. Around 2006, she started acting strangely. Amy has bounced around from different states. She started calling herself Mother God, and she believed that she was God. During the mid-2000s, this is when she would have been in her early 30s, Amy became obsessed with New Age philosophy. She posted regular on the forum lightworkers.org. So we looked up that website, and the headline for it says, Welcome multidimensional starseeds, rainbow warriors, indigo revolutionaries, and all you other divine beings. It also says... And remember who you are. Remember why you came. You chose this. There are no victims here. Are you ready to step into your power? It's time to awaken to the true nature of your divine essence. You are not alone. You never have been. The whole force of creation is with you. Step up, stand strong, and keep shining. And just since I can't um, read aloud typos really there's a lot of typos in that so for this to be your website (laughs) it's it's not very professional like they spelled remember wrong there's a lot of random capitals kind of a mess so while amy was participating in the forum she met someone named amrith white eagle i'm assuming that's not their real name (laughs) (laughs) i don't think so (laughs) they like to i've noticed with this one they like to rename themselves like Mm. the two girls on dr phil call themselves aurora and hope but then one of the yeah. other people who's like a survivor that was being interviewed was like, um, I'm going to call them Ashley and Hannah because that's their real names. <laughs> I also see, think there's a faith. So there's Hope, Faith and Aurora who get around. <laughs> and yeah, all seems on brand for them. So back to Amrith White Eagle. That person apparently convinced Amy that she was divine. She also claimed to experience paranormal activity at this time. Amy has claimed in the past that she has a relationship with the spirit of Robin Williams. Yes, the Robin Williams. Um, She said that Robin is now the Archangel Zadkiel. I don't know what that means, but... Yeah, I've seen it, like, when I was researching, she talks about how Robin Williams is kind of her mentor and she gets spiritual guidance from him. And so I don't know what she was doing before he passed away, (laughs) Yeah, she's apparently in a spiritual relationship with Robin Williams or was in a relationship with Robin Williams. (sighs) Yeah, she just seems to make a lot up as she goes. Yeah. One of Amy's stories about her childhood is about a time that she was four or five years old. It goes, Amy was talking to angels and her parents had taken her from church to church, seeking insight and advice from pastors. In one instance, she was said to have had an outburst in the middle of a sermon. Apparently, the pastor said something that she knew was a lie. And since she claims to be Jesus, she yelled, 
you're lying and had to be removed from church. This is coming from one of the members from Love Has Won. But Amy's family um, denied this ever taking place. So at the age of four or five, she's telling people that she was Jesus. Yeah, and that the pastor is wrong. And just, I'm sure we'll mention this later, but just if it helps for context, her family does not support her in this. No. They, they basically have come out and said that everything she said isn't true and didn't happen or it didn't happen to the extent that she's claimed and told the members that it did. All right. Back to Love is Blind. Just kidding. <laughs> Back to Love is One. <laughs> In 2007, Amy left her husband and three kids along with her manager's job at McDonald's to move to Colorado where she shacked up with White Eagle from the forum. Her mother has spoken out about Amy's lack of maternal instinct. She said she wasn't very maternal. This is a quote. She just didn't have that warmth. She had no problem leaving her children with other people. Let me start with you, Mom. You say this is not the daughter that you raised. That is correct. Amy is not who I raised. Were you surprised when she abandoned her three children? Yes, I was. That was not something you expected her to do? No, I didn't. You didn't see any warning signs of it? No. Was she close to her children? No, not really. She wasn't a very maternal Uh uh, mother. Um, We had the children a lot in our family over to our house. Right. When was the last time you talked to her? Um... Probably about a year and a half ago. We had a pretty short conversation. Okay. And Chelsea, do you think that um, this is just a big con or do you think she's mentally ill? Do you think she's too far gone to come back to being your sister? What do you think? I think it's a combination. Um, I believe that she has been brainwashed and so... I think there's some mental illness there. Sometimes she acts as if she's Amy, and then sometimes she acts like completely different people. So I see that mental illness. Um, I do think she's possibly too far gone to get help, though. Amy's friend Tara Flores spoke to Rolling Stone about Amy suddenly leaving her family. She said, It seemed very sudden. It was Amareth. And I could tell by the way that he talked. It sounded like the things Amy was saying when she left. She wasn't even making sense. I couldn't get through to her. That's when she completely flipped a switch. Um, we've read some articles that say Amy actually got up and walked out in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner, never to return to her family. I'm not sure if that's true or how it all played out, but it sounds very really shocked. But I have, yeah, I have seen. Oh, sorry, I have seen that written in a few different things. That that is how she kind of left everyone. She just got up and walked out, and never came back. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, from what I've seen. <laughs> she likes to make a um, scene. <laughs> For sure. You you have three children, correct? Yes, I do. And you left those children when they were two, seven, and 12, and just uh, up up and left them, but yet you call yourself Mother God. How do you explain abandoning your children? Um, For me, I did not abandon my children. I begged my angels not, I didn't want to leave. Um, And they told me I had to go on mission. If I didn't do it, then no one else would. And I had to make a jump and I had to make a decision. So just a higher calling. Yes, absolutely. A higher calling. I gave over all all the papers to their fathers and said, Uh thank you for taking care of our children. I appreciate it. Um, 
And I left on mission. Did my heart break every day for about a year? Yes. The group they found together was known under the name Galactic Federation of Light. In 2007, Amy made internet posts about her belief that she was going to be president one day. And this is from one of the posts. It says, And I'm cleaning the kitchen, baby just down for a nap, and I feel a tap on my shoulder and a whisk of air in my left ear. And then I heard a lower-toned voice, not really not really even a voice. It was like a message a violin would play in its music, and it said, President of the United States. I thought, what? What in the world does that mean? I dismiss it, and then I hear, you are going to be President of the United States. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> That's how it happens. <laughs> they started a YouTube channel in 2009, and there's currently 2,700 videos on there. White Eagle was also known as Father God. Amy referred to him as her twin flame, which means they were two bodies but had the same soul. Like Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they say. Oh no. Oh my god. (laughs) Followers of Amy believe that she was over 19 billion years old and had lived over 500 lives. So, Aurora, Hope, thank you both for being here and being willing to chat. It's an honor to be here. Thank Thank you you for having So you believe that Amy is Mother God, correct? Yes, we know so. And what is Mother God to you? She is everything to us. I mean, what does Mother God, is that, do you believe that she is God? Absolutely. So you spend the day in the presence of the deity, of of God, the creator of, of the universe. Yes. That must be an amazing experience for you. It It has been, and yes, it is. Amy was apparently in constant conflict with the Cabal. The Cabal is apparently a bunch of reptilians or extraterrestrials. Um, This definition of the Cabal comes from the Rolling Stone. It says, They are the global elite tied to the Illuminati, and they pull the world's sinister strings orchestrating the dark sham that is modern life in which everything from wars to mass shootings and pandemics are all illusory, engineered to keep humanity mired in a state of fear. Her followers also believe that Amy's reincarnations included Jesus, Marilyn Monroe, Joan of Arc, and Cleopatra. Those are all people that she was, allegedly, in a past life, according to her. She's been very busy. (laughs) She must be exhausted. I don't know why when people are reincarnated, they never just come back as, like, a normal person. They always, these people always have to be some of the most well-known Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) That's a random one to throw in there. (laughs) Yeah. As another reincarnation twist, Donald Trump was apparently her father in one life. I don't know how that works because he's in this life. I don't know. (laughs) I don't get how any of it works, so. (laughs) Amy's goal was to lead 144,000 believers into the awakened 5D plane of existence, leaving behind the shackles of the broken 3D world. Those left behind will be destroyed, and their energies will be recycled into the sun, which sounds very Lori Vallow. I was just thinking that as you were saying that. It's very Lori Vallow. They would have been good friends. (laughs) Amy's group members used to communicate through Facebook and Skype. Meetings were held in other countries with group members. There's Australia, South Africa, Central America. When Amy left her family, she moved to Crestone, Colorado. And it seems like Crestone has a bit of a reputation for housing people like Amy. Crestone has everything from Hindu ashrams to Catholic monasteries. 
The mountain range there is called the Sangre de Cristo Range, which means Blood of Christ. The range got this name because of the jagged peaks which encircle the area like a crown of thorns. Spiritualists and healers, along with extraterrestrial experts, go to the area regularly. They believe the county has concentrated energy and that makes it a prime place for interdimensional portals. Just as another kind of side note before we go on, I've read, you know, over the years too, that there are actually quite a lot of missing people who disappear from Crestone. I think a lot of them kind of go there looking for meaning and they either get sucked into these cults or they, you know, pass away from exposure by wandering in the elements and things like that. So there's one off the top of my head, James Rowe. He's been missing for a very long time and he went missing in Crestone. If you want to look more into it, that's kind of an interesting rabbit hole um, the whole Crestone, I guess, experience. Might be a good podcast episode. Mm. So Amy and White Eagle started to make many posts online. They made videos about the Sangre de Cristo Mountains and claimed they were actually cloaked starships. They created their own publication called the Galactic Free Press, and Amy would play the role of an anchor woman giving updates on the spiritual events that she said were happening all around her followers. Things with the Amy group at this time were crazy, but generally harmless. It seemed like a bit of a hippie commune focused on sex, drugs, and peace. Over the years, there were a few father god figures that rotated, but there was only one mother god, and that was Amy. One of the better-known father god figures is a man named Miguel Lamboy. He got together with Amy in 2014. At the time, Miguel said he suffered from end-stage lung cancer and had already got one lung removed. Followers believe that Amy, mother of God, healed him and cemented their faith in her and the group. Love Has Won became a 501c3 nonprofit charitable organization in 2019, all thanks to Miguel's efforts. How does that happen? <laughs> I don't know. It's very strange. Group members have said that during this time, Amy seemed healthy and energetic on the outside. They recruited many followers in these years, but she was also known to secretly be a big drinker and would often become aggressive and mean after she imbibed. Kill me! Spiritual ego horse, die! My own light workers, battle me! Serving love and bringing a new paradigm, you horse! In 2018, things took a real turn for Amy. She met a man named Jason Castillo, and he would become the next father god. Rolling Stone described Jason as ruggedly handsome, but we think that methy and unhinged is a better description. He looks a bit like the stereotypical Jesus. Like, he's got long hair, yes. a beard. Looks like he's missing – obviously, this part isn't Jesus, but he looks like he's missing some teeth. He just looks He looks like Charles cranky. Manson. Yeah, yeah, he does actually in that photo that I've put him. But yeah, he's I would definitely not call him handsome. <laughs> no, he he looks like Charles Manson. A little yeah. different, but similar. A little Just bit so younger. You can picture it. Well, I guess yeah, yeah. So Rolling Stone actually interviewed Jason and he said to them, I remember being five or six years old, maybe six, sitting on the weekends in my grandparents' house. I'd sit on the stairs and look at this picture of Jesus. There was beautiful cracked gilded glass above the lamp and in the hallway and this auburn glow. I would sit there and just stare at Jesus, who was myself. And talk about conceited. He, he and Amy were really twin flames if she was also Jesus. Oh my God, yeah. It all makes sense now. What a day. We are so grateful. Thank you, Mother God, for every breath. We love you, darling. That just feels perfect, doesn't it? So we choose this topic today, children, 
For there are many truths, again, that are being blasphemized. We're going to move right along. We are love in every moment. Your mother was love source. Of course, her divine love mirror is love source. Anybody that has an issue with that can go talk to mom. <laughs> and they'll find very quickly in their heart space. They will be corrected very quickly. And that's what's going on, children. Who is choosing the monkey mind? Who is choosing the heart space? I choose the heart space. They moved to an area called Moffitt in Colorado and changed the group name to Love Has One. Their rented home was in an area named Baca Grande. The area is considered sacred grounds to the Hopi and other Native American tribes, and the couple who developed it in the 1970s agreed to preserve the space to bring together different religions to promote harmony and peace after the wife, after the wife was visited by a prophet. Permission to settle in the area has to be selectively given. Joanna Theriault, who sits on the Baco Grande Property Owners Association Board of Directors, said that Love Has Won never would have qualified for any of that. Instead, Love Has Won found someone to rent them a house, and observers say the connection was made because a relative of the property owner spent time in the cult. So we've thrown a lot of crazy information at you, kind of gets a little hectic to follow, but you're probably wondering also who would join this type of cult or group? Who would join Love Has Won? Well, we'll tell you some people. (laughs) So there's some info online about a man who left his wife, um, their two kids, and a six-figure job to join Love Has Won. The man's name has not been published online as he eventually left the cult and is recovering, But his wife told the media he was interested in political conspiracy theories such as QAnon, um, the baseless belief that cannibalistic liberal pedophiles run a global child sex trafficking ring. His readings about those conspiracies led him to Love Has One's Facebook page because the group mentions them in their videos. It's quite funny because I've seen a lot of interviews with this wife and her name is out there. I don't think we really need to kind of put it in because she's apparently trying to keep him private. But her name is splashed all over everything. Like, I'm sure it's not hard to find she out who this Dr. guy Phil. is. Oh, was she? Yeah. yeah. She's very vocal about her. And we go, we'll go into it in a bit, de- you know, a little bit more detail as we go on. But, yeah, she's been very vocal about her husband's experience with Love Has One. Yeah, so... She was also on the Dr. Phil episode, so I'll throw in some clips of her talking about it as well. Four months ago, my husband found a group online and went to Colorado to join it. My brother went on what he believed was a spiritual mission trip. The leader of Love As One is Amy Carl. When I saw videos of her, she seemed intoxicated or high on drugs. When my husband got there, he was put to work. They have rigid schedules with minimal amount of sleep allowed. My husband was there for two days, and during the live stream, they mentioned that he had been left on the wrong side of the mountain, that his energy was not compatible with them. We realized something was wrong. We immediately made contact with police. It was an entire day of a rescue mission. I was thinking that my husband was dead. He was found wandering in the wilderness, disoriented, confused, and naked, and was arrested while trespassing on private property. We believe that he was drugged with hallucinogens and abandoned in the mountains. Amy and her followers started offering etheric surgery, which cost $88 per session. They claim that it could remove sickness and negative energy from the body. The Saguache County Sheriff's Office reported that they had received many complaints 
about Love Has Won from Families About Brainwashing and Fraud. So that brings us to 2018. From there, Amy's drinking increased a lot. She became ill and often needed to be carried around. Love Has Won changed their structure around this time. A group of followers known as the First Contact Ground Crew Team would video daily updates for hours each day. The quest of this group was to help Amy assist the world to ascend. Most were young and all were enthusiastic, kicking off every video with a group cheer shouting, Love Has Won, with lots of enthusiastic clapping. And I'll try to find a clip of that to put here. <laughs> Very nice. Bam! Yeah! Welcome, welcome, everyone, to Love Has Won, to our afternoon live stream of Mother God, Mother of all creation. She's here with us, everyone. She is on the planet. God is on the planet, everyone, just for your awareness. So today we're going to be having a beautiful, beautiful live stream, and we are welcome to have you all. Welcome, Mom and Dad. I love you both so very much. Thank you. Thank you to Mother and Father. St. Germain, Rob Williams, and all of creation, the Black Federation of Light for being with us today, clearing this field. We have the dragons come in. We get Eddie Bananas in here, head of security, and everything just flow smoothly. Amy and Jason rarely appeared in these videos, and Amy eventually stopped entirely showing up. We're assuming this is because of her alcohol-related illness. Members had another theory, though. Member Ashley Pasulo, a.k.a. Arkea Hope, I wonder if she's one of the ones that was on Dr. Phil because they mm, called her Hope hype. and her name yeah, was Ashley. Explain that Amy couldn't appear on video because if she did, the viewer's bodies would explode, quote, because her vibration is so high and all of yours is so low. It's definitely her because that's basically <laughs> something she would say. <laughs> well, back to mom is that you guys are also missing the, the point that if she is Mother Earth, so if you had to envision Mother Earth in a physical vessel, then you would understand mom's experience. Well, do you think it might be better? If, do you think you owe it to her to hold her to a higher standard than letting her get to the point that she's that drunk and abusing followers? I have been with mom for two and a half years, and I will tell you, she is the absolute brilliant, kindest, sweetest being she has taken me from a highly dysfunctional place and made me highly as brilliant as she is you are seeing a microscopic piece of mom she is absolutely amazing i have spent almost three years by her side and she is absolutely amazing i would not be the person the feminine that you see on the live stream every day in front of thousands of people, if it wasn't for what she has done, she is my best friend. She is a companion. She has shown me so many beautiful aspects of this planet that have been forgotten. And that is love. And why the people you see are going against her is because they can't feel love it's not in the mind god's in your heart and that is where she has always been her entire life on august 1st 2018 viewers are informed that dark witches had attacked amy 
Three weeks later, the audience was told by member Archaea Faith that another assassination attempt had taken place, during which a sword sliced one of her hearts. Because she has many, apparently. <laughs> they said the, the etheric have been doing surgery on it for many hours now, and mom is throwing throwing up diarrhea she was shaking definitely nothing to have to do with the bottles of tequila that she was drinking every day an update said that amy had processed 99.3 of the world's negative energy her pain was described as reaching 50 out of 10 really bad miguel lamboy described her health situation as very dire and said that her body was failing amy was said to be bedridden and eventually paralyzed from the waist down in 2019, the tone of the updates from the group became more paranoid. They said that Amy was under constant attack from dark forces. One update said that Amy was struck with etheric darts, and another in which her spleen and pancreas were infiltrated by the cabal. Remember, the cabal is the mean lizards. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the main reptiles. <laughs> the mean reptiles. <laughs> the group became more dark and threatening. A group member named Adam Haller made a video in 2019 that said... Anyone who tries to fuck with us will kill you. We'll fucking kill you because there's no time left. And we've seen our moms suffer so much. I know that so many people watch these live streams. I know that there's rich people out there with millions of dollars who watch these. And how dare you? We're coming for you. To this day, Adam is still a Love Has One supporter. He gave this explanation about that statement. He said, That statement was spoken with no violent intention, bloodlust, or will to do ill harm. Merely a friendly warning to all who refuse to return to the ways of natural law, life, and existence. These people will be cut down by the forces of nature and the universe herself. So it sounded like a very friendly warning to me. <laughs> yeah, very, very friendly. We will fucking kill you. Very friendly. I noticed in the Dr. Phil episode that anytime Dr. Phil questioned any things like that that they said or any of the further abuses we'll talk about, they were always just like, well, it was taken out of context. And he's like, well, what's the context? And there was always just some dumb explanation like that. Like, <laughs> but oh, they said it at least 20 times. Like, well, you're taking it out of context. Or it was taken out of context. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. How, how? What other context could there be around that? <laughs> no. But that's always their excuse. Like, that we just don't understand the context. Other videos released by Love Has One members include racist, homophobic, and anti-Semitic rants. Amanda Ray, a self-described victim's advocate and founder of the watchdog group Rising Above Love Has One, said, For a nonprofit organization that claims to represent love, their actions prove otherwise. This is a direct example of a dangerous coercive control group. So in May 2020, police became involved after a group member, which this is the man we spoke about earlier, whose wife has been on Dr. Phil. He was found wandering in the wilderness, disoriented, naked, and dehydrated. And he had been described by the group as lacking the right energy and being on the, quote, wrong side of the mountain. He was found with cactus needles stuck to his feet, and the wife told the media he'd stared at the sun so much he'd burned his eyes terribly. He thought he had ascended the world into this 5D matrix and had done what Mother God and Father God wanted him to do. We had to play that game with him. Yes, you did it. You're done. So basically they, you know, that's that was their kind of exit counseling strategy to get him to leave the cult, just to tell him that they'd that he had kind of you know, completed whatever he was meant to do with them. In the interview I watched, she was saying he thought that because all the nurses and doctors knew his name already. So he thought he completed whatever mission and like ascended 
And that's why they all knew his name. But really, it's because, like, you're in a hospital and (laughs) your wife checked you in. You did the paperwork. (laughs) Yeah. She also said, he's still healing and he will be for a long time. He has tons of shame, tons of guilt. He just can't believe he did what he did. He just can't fathom it now that his mind is clear. So the group briefly moved to Kauai, Hawaii in August 2020. They lasted less than a month there after the locals protested. This was probably due to the fact that Amy declared publicly while she was there that she was the Hawaiian god Pele. There's a video of her screaming at the protesters and she says, fuck off, I'm Pele, bitch, don't push me. (laughs) So she's not a very peaceful god. For leaders of the organization Love is One, aloha only meant goodbye during their Hawaii trip. That they didn't agree with what we were speaking and felt that we weren't allowed to be there. Lauren Suarez and Ashley Palouse are members of the organization Love is One, a registered 501c3 nonprofit based out of Crestone. Amy Carlson started the group five years ago and decided to take a trip to Hawaii as her health fails. She's paralyzed up to her chest. Her lungs are going at this point. Those within the group refer to her as mom. To us and to everybody that supports the group, the team, she is Mother God, Mother of all creation. Mother Earth. It's that belief which created problems while Carlson stayed on the island of Kauai. What really I feel triggered them was, you know, they they have a fire goddess there, um, which I feel is their version of the divine mother. Leading local authorities in Hawaii to call the group a cult. That word has a very negative connotation and I feel it's used against people in a way just to, of something they don't understand and maybe just can't accept. Days leading to the group's departure, locals gathered outside of the house, protesting their presence on the island. They were telling us that we were invading them and we were somehow in, you know, trying to destroy their culture when we weren't. The level of violence that it rose to was pretty alarming. Just broke the window right now with the mousetrap. Video shows protesters throwing objects at the home the group was renting. We had just bought her a brand new car, which was the first new car she had had in probably 15 years. And they destroyed the entire vehicle. A release from Maui PD shows that law enforcement stepped in for the safety of the group who chose to leave the island last Friday. And after some travel issues with travel forms, all 14 members of the group came back to Colorado. There is online footage of the protesters lighting driftwood fires and chanting Hawaiian prayers around the property where the Love Has One group was staying. The mayor of Kauai, Derek Kawakami, intervened and basically convinced the group to leave the island. I have seen that he tried to kind of pull them up on some COVID-19 violations as well as a reason for making them leave. They subsequently flew to uh, Maui but were convinced to fly back to Colorado in September 2020. So that was a month after they arrived. That same month, Amy told her followers that she had cancer. I have seen that she's told them she had stage five cancer, which is actually not a thing, but that's what her story was. Apparently, all of the world's external suffering had to play out through her body. She called alcohol her medicine, explained that she had increased her alcohol use due to the pain she was feeling, which had been caused by the rest of the world. In one video, she can be seen screaming at members for not delivering her tequila promptly enough, and she screamed, where is my tequila, you dick whores? (laughs) So ridiculous. And we've also got a video of um, what is now known kind of in online discussion about this group as the Chicken Parmesan Saga. Amy basically lost her mind when she was given the wrong food. 
She says, my vision was chicken parmesan. So Adam turns around to me and get me meatballs. I didn't say meatballs. I love meatballs, but I didn't effing say that. Chicken parmesan. So she's losing her mind. My vision was chicken parmesan. So the fucking Adams turn around on me and get me meatballs. I didn't say meatballs. I love meatballs. But I didn't fucking say that. Holy shit. Chicken Parmesan. I get fucked up every fucking moment by you fucking motherfucking whores. My Adams. I'm like, I just need a tequila. Like, it takes like five rounds of whores to get me a tequila. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You know what? You can take your half-ass god and shove it up your fucking ass! I'm gonna take another tequila shot. I'll fucking do that shit. Bitch! Where's my tequila shot? <laughs> in the video, she's like laying in a bed and poor Adam or whoever it is is standing there just being berated as she's screaming at him. So as, as we mentioned, Amy's family appeared on a Dr. Phil episode in 2020. They spoke about Amy's abuse of animals and children. Um, she had apparently locked a child in a cupboard as a form of punishment and said, you need to surrender, surrender now. I saw the video of her putting the child in the closet. And at first, when I saw there was a clip of it, I was like, oh, good. I could put this in the podcast so people could see what a witch she is. But honestly, and I feel like I'm desensitized to a lot of things. This video really got to me. It was so sad and terrible there there's like a living room of people and this toddler is just crying 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 and amy's like telling him to stop crying or just gonna get time out and the baby doesn't stop crying and they're like all right well you're going in time out so they put him in this little little closet that's pitch black with the door shut for two minutes obviously this does not console like this is pretty much like a baby this does not console the baby the baby is still upset Baby continues crying when he's let, he or she, I don't know, when the baby's let out of the closet, they're holding the baby, still the baby's screaming. Again, Amy's like, if you don't, if you don't stop, you're going to go back in there. The baby doesn't stop, goes back in there for another two minutes. The baby's screaming its head off and there's like a room of five adults just sitting there ignoring it. Baby comes out again, doesn't stop crying, puts the baby back in for another four minutes and then the video cut off. But I was like, that is sickening. That's disgusting. It was so awful. And Dr. Phil questioned her about it, and she was just like, it's just time out. It's just time out. And Dr. Phil's like, no, locking a child in a small, confined, dark space for crying is abuse. That's not time out. And she was basically like, well, at least I didn't – well, I didn't spank him. Oh, God. So there's also a video of Amy with a cat. She can be seen holding the animal under its arms and then she lifts it high in the air by the scruff of its neck and she holds it there kind of dangling until it stops making any noise. Dr. Phil also asked Amy about abandoning abandoning her children to move in with Father God. She said, for me, I did not abandon my children. I begged my angels. I didn't want to leave, but they told me I had to fulfill my mission and I had to make a jump and I had to make a decision. Um, so Amy's sister Tara spoke about why the family went on the show. They, she said it was important for us to let everyone know that Amy was a person. She wasn't a monster. She's a victim as well of coercive control, but we didn't have much of an option for getting her help. Part of me wanting to speak is to bring awareness to that. 
Um, in the Rolling Stone article, there's also some information about kind of other abusive techniques that the group used in their sessions. It said, in videos and communications posted on YouTube, we see members subjected to hours-long sessions in which they're criticized by other members in an effort to weed out the negative energies infesting the group. This was sometimes called plain find the whore. These sessions could involve multiple members calling each other out for behaviors deemed inappropriate, or they might focus on a single member, often reducing them to tears. In cult terminology, this is referred to as the hot seat technique, where a member is bombarded with accusations and criticisms, eroding their confidence and sense of self. I don't know if I've ever really mentioned on the podcast, but in college, I did my senior thesis about Jonestown. I did a really big research paper about MK Ultra and how it could relate to Jonestown. And if you don't know, MK Ultra was like a 1970s CIA mind control experiment. Like that was a real thing. That's not a conspiracy. You can look it up. Maybe we'll do an episode on it one day. But <laughs> I learned a lot about cults and the brainwashing techniques they use. And so a lot of this that we just said is just typical cult brainwashing techniques. No matter what they say, like that the members will say it has to do with energy and it's like trying to get the energy and the vibrations right but really it's just they're sleep depriving people they won't let people sleep they're forcing people to do forced labor and they pretty much break the people down to the point where they're so desperate for acceptance at that point that they just want to feel part of the group again that they'll do anything to not be in the hot seat or to not be the person who is victim to the public shaming so it's just like all cults do this this is what they do so in October that year, two female followers made a video update about Amy's health. <clears throat> they said there's been moments where mama has asked us to take her to community hospital. Nope, there's no way. We know how a hijacking works. They said, and you know, we can, you can bet your fucking ass that someone in the hospital, whoever it would be, would get hijacked and go straight for mum. Try to do who knows what. They would try to take her to surgery. They would try to do some crazy shit. So absolutely not. So it's... Even though Amy seems to have been a pretty terrifying person sometimes, it seems like a sad ending for her that she was begging to be taken to hospital and they wouldn't because they were also brainwashed with what she'd taught them. Yeah, it's like her followers were just as much part of the problem as she was because they just endorsed her terrible behavior and made her feel more empowered and righteous and that what she was doing was right. So it just kind of was like a vicious cycle. Um, so kind of, I guess, to combat this apparent cancer that she had, Amy had begun to obsessively take colloidal silver. The group created an online site to sell that product. It was called Gaia's Whole Healing Essentials. If you're not sure what colloidal silver is, it's a substance that is made by suspending silver particles in a, in a liquid. It's often marketed as a cure-all dietary supplement. People who take a lot of colloidal silver often have a kind of side effect where their skin goes a blue-gray, and you can see in basically all of the photos of Amy probably in the year before she passed away, she's blue. Like When I post it on Instagram, everyone is like, what is going on with her skin? It's not just like maybe it looks a bit off. She's gray-blue, basically. Her skin It looks like she's wearing foundation that doesn't match her, but (laughs) it's very gray. You know what I mean? Like, it just looks like bad makeup yeah. almost, but you're like, no, that's her skin. Yeah. So one of the group's kind of biggest money makers was from the surgery that they were doing, etheric surgery, which is a form of remote energy healing that's said to cure any disease. They also sold an, a book called The Ascension Guide. They sold it for the price of $22.22. 22 
Members are prescribed grounding tools to aid in their ascension. The tools included sun gazing, which is literally staring at the sun, smoking cigarettes, but they have to be organic and hand rolled, eating red meat at least twice a week, and taking long cold showers. In 2020, the Gaia's Whole Healing Essentials, I guess, company received a warning letter from the FDA after they claimed ingesting Colloidal Silver could cure COVID. They left the product for sale, but they removed that claim from their website. So Amy was last known to have been alive on April 10, 2021. This is the last time anyone outside of the group saw her alive. Um, The person to see her was the landlord of the property that they were renting. They were at that time living in Shasta, California, which is where Sherry Papini's from, which is just an interesting little crossover. (laughs) But the landlord has said that when he saw her on that day, it looked like she was dying. On April 16, there was a photo that went around kind of their private groups of Jason holding a very dead-looking Amy. Um, It said that she was either definitely dead or very, very, very close to death. A group member made a live stream that day and said, Mum is not good. She's very, very, very close, and that's pretty much all we know. So pray she's slowly, slowly pulling out of her vessel. Later that day, there was two followers named Bobby Leesman and Dylan Woodward, and this was their update. Bobby said, Mum is going to ascend tonight. Woo. And Dylan said, For shizzle, my nizzle. <laughs> like these ridiculous. are these are the people who, who yeah. join. Yeah. Um, so Amy's family saw the image and they begged authorities to do a wellness check. They called police, ambulance, fire, the sheriffs and a district attorney. Her mother has said, we had well checks done, turned away. We had ambulance go out and that was turned away. The followers allegedly told, I guess, the sheriff or whoever came out to do the wellness check that Amy had moved to another property. On April 17, two followers gave another update and they kind of alluded to Amy being gone. They said, we don't get to just stop now. We have to keep going for mum. So grateful that she's not in pain now. So grateful that she is at peace. Now, back to the mummified <laughs> So now we get to, like, just when you think it can't really get more crazy with this case, it really does. On April 28, 2021, police finally entered a home in Crestone, Colorado. So they've somehow made it back from California to Colorado in two-ish weeks after Um, Amy was last seen. It's believed that the group members transported Amy's body thousands of miles to return her to her home. There's, as we mentioned earlier, there's really crazy body cam footage of police entering the property. I'll put it on the blog. It's not super long. It's probably five minutes long, but basically they walk in, all these kind of followers and kids are just hanging around and they eventually make their way into a bedroom where they come across Amy's mummified body in a shrine. Um, this article, this info is from an article by The Independent and it says, an affidavit claimed the body wrapped up in a sleeping bag and adorned with aforementioned fairy lights and glitter was set up as some sort of shrine. The sheriff, Dan Warwick, told NBC's Dateline that the group was burning sage in the room and covering Miss Carlson in essential oils to keep the odor down as they were worshipping her. He said, wow, I mean, it's just you shake and you go, wow, there's not much more you can say. I've been doing this for 26 years. I used to say I've seen it all. I don't say that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy that after 26 years, he still saw this, which was mind-blowing. Like, There's photos of her body online. She's wrapped in a kind of looks like a striped sleeping bag and you can just see basically her nose up. So her nose, her eyes, and a little bit of her forehead. Um, I have seen some articles that say her eyes were removed, but I'm not sure if that's 100% true or if, because I think your eyes degrade pretty quickly once you start dying because you lose all the fluid from them. 
Yeah, I think it was just from decomposing. Yeah. So investigators searched an SUV on the property and they said that the back seat was laid down in a position consistent with someone transporting the mummified remains. Her followers told police when they entered the house that Amy had a pulse the whole time, even despite her advanced level of decomposition. They also claimed that she occasionally moved her hands. One follower, who was Archaea Faith, said that she was eager to see the results of the autopsy as she suspected that it may detail inexplicable phenomena that has never been scientifically documented. Hmm. So after Amy's body was found, her followers released this statement. It says, we thank everyone for their full surrender to the divine plan. Mum will give you the next step in your heart and in every present moment. And with moment, they spell it M-O-M capitalized E-N-T. So, you know, all these mum kind of highlights. In every present moment you're there, momentous. The team are respectfully honoring the process law enforcement require, and we are grateful for their diligence in protecting humanity. Mum deeply loves our law enforcement officers as she does each and every one of her children. So followers of Amy and Love Have One were charged by police in April and May 2021. Seven of them were charged on the day that Amy's body was found, which was April 28. They were charged with suspicion of abuse of a corpse, which carried a maximum sentence of 18 months in prison. They also faced two misdemeanor counts of child abuse. On May 5th, so around a week later, the 12th Judicial De- District Deputy District... God, that's a lot of words. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> On May 5th, which was about a week later, the 12th Judicial District Deputy District Attorney, Alex Rains, said he planned to amend the charges to tampering with a deceased human body, which would carry a, ma- a maximum sentence of 12 years in prison. We also learned a little bit more at that time about the type of followers that had been charged. It said two women are mothers who are separated from their children. One of those women is the mother of a 13-year-old girl who was found in a house with the body and has been placed under the supervision of social services. A defense attorney said that she had other children who lived in Pennsylvania. One man is a former Marine. Four of the six had prior criminal records, mostly for traffic violations and misdemeanors. So after Amy's death, the group kind of scrambled to rebrand themselves. They took down their website and they renamed themselves as 5D Full Disclosure on Facebook and YouTube, and that is their name to this day. They took down their Gaia's Whole Healing Essentials store. The URL did redirect for a while to MotherEarthNaturalEssentials.org. I went and had a look, but that domain is now parked, so that doesn't seem to be going on for them anymore. And they also filed an article of amendment um, to change the official name of the LLC to Mother Nature Natural Essentials LLC. The group dynamics did change after Amy passed away. Rolling Stone has a really good kind of um, summary of it. It says, since core leadership of the group was gone, a power vacuum remained and the dynamic rapidly changed. The majority of members joined 5D Full Disclosure, where live streamers are now seen doing things like drinking from Starbucks cups, suggesting increased freedom in terms of how they spend their money and what they consume. They're able to sleep more freely. They aren't under the direct influence of a divine authority. 5D Full Disclosure members say this is a natural progression. The idea is that many of the rules and routines for their daily lives that they previously adhered to were designed to help them shield Amy from spiritual attacks, but that no longer applies since Amy has ascended. As such, a slightly more liberal atmosphere has taken hold. Within the larger 5D full disclosure group, there are some spats and disagreements, but members liken these to differences between members of any family and nothing that will ultimately destroy love has won. A member named Lauren Suarez has referred to this as a period of crumbling and rebuilding. 
So Love Has One do continue to sell etheric surgeries, which they now advertise as being performed by Amy, even though she now lives in the fifth dimension. Jason, aka Jesus, has started his own offshoot group titled Joy Reigns. His new name is Mother Father God, or one word, no spaces, Mother Father God, <laughs> and that he is the new God, having unified with Amy's energy. He's also made some videos about the false team, which he basically means the people who stayed behind with the 5D Love Has One kind of group following Amy's death. He said in one video, he's a bit unhinged. He says, you're going to starve God. Take everything, go feed your dicks and your pussies. He claimed that only four beings out of eight billion turned out to be the true believers. So I'm guessing four people went with him to start Joy Reigns. He said, do I need to reheart who the fuck I am, children? I'm father. Who the fuck are you going to go around to heaven? So reheart is a term that love has one used and it means to remind. So when he says, do I need to remind you who the fuck I am? Reheart. <laughs> In September 2021, all criminal charges against the Love Has One members were dropped. Assistant District Attorney Alex Rains asked a judge to dismiss the charges at a September 14 hearing. Defense lawyers also requested that the records, records be sealed and that was approved. Another district attorney, Alonzo Payne, told Dateline, he said, Our office looked at all documents and everything that was provided. And from our perspective, the allegations could not be met beyond a reasonable doubt. Amy's autopsy was completed and made public in December 2021. Her cause of death was confirmed to be, quote, global decline in the setting of alcohol abuse, anorexia, and chronic colloidal silver ingestion. The report said that Amy, who was five foot, uh, five foot tall at the time she died, weighed 75 pounds. Examination of her liver tissue confirmed the presence of silver, and it also found opioids, hydromorphine, and hydrocodone, as well as ethanol and THC. There was no evidence of cancer found in her body during the autopsy, you know, after she told people that she had stage five cancer. Which isn't a thing. No. <laughs> there was also no groundbreaking scientific discoveries from her autopsy. Mm. No unexplained phenomenon that's never, ever <laughs> yeah. been seen before. <laughs> it was just basically she died because of her alcohol abuse and anorexia. Mm. She was absolutely tiny. If you see the photos of her before she passed away, you could, you know, either she had a waist in you know, disease or disorder or, yeah, she had a very severe anorexia. Mm -hmm. After she died, her mother said, there's nothing we can do about Amy now, but she was a human being. She was my firstborn. I loved her and she knew I loved her. Nobody deserves to die the way she did. I want people to understand that this is what can happen if you get involved with a cult. I want to warn people about just how dangerous it can become. And she was a victim too. So I thought that's kind of the end of the Love Has One story for now up till March 2022, I thought it might be interesting just to kind of chat for a minute about why people do join cults. There's an article by Insider with an interview with the cult recovery therapist named Rachel Bernstein, and she talks about that the, there's three main reasons for joining a cult. The first one is they want to better themselves either professionally or personally. Um, they're in a state of extreme vulnerability, which I think a lot of these people probably were for Love Has One. But the one I think kind of relates most to this case is that the people want a greater sense of community. Community is kind of a must in any cult situation because it allows the leader to create a packed mentality, which builds peer pressure. Rachel Bernstein said, sometimes people are just wanting to connect with people that they think they have something with common, in common with. And a cult provides instant community and love bombing and a language that you all speak. So, and she talks a lot about how cults have a jargon that they all use, which I think is definitely the case in this, you know, Rehart, Mother God, Father God, all the kind of terminology that they used is particular to their own cult. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so she said, so the adage, he or she speaks my language, it kind of makes you feel like you have things in common with these people. That's what cults do. Each one has its own lingo. And I think love has won came around at a good time for them because I think they exploited a lot of people who felt really vulnerable during the pandemic. Obviously, that was a really scary time for a lot of us early on, and a lot of people didn't know what to do or what was going on, and it was easy to feel lost. And I feel like they're offering up, yeah, and they're offering up, they sell themselves as being this place of love and peace and positivity and you know having all these alternate forms of medication and brain surgery and if you're a person who's feeling vulnerable and lost and you just want to be part of a community to feel safe and less alone that's all going to sound appealing to you but then once you get there and actually meet them you end up just being pulled into this cycle of abuse and broken down as a person. And some people luckily were able to realize that and escaped. Like one girl um, literally just like left in the middle of the night because she said if she knew, she kind of announced that she was leaving that they would just bully her and harass her or like peer pressure her to stay. So she just left all her stuff and left because she felt like that was the only way she could get away. And she even heard stories about other people who had left that were then still like bullied and harassed by the, the group to this day. And also it's like, it's easy for us to say it's a cult, but people who are in cults would never say they're in a cult. You don't join it knowing it's a cult or thinking it's a cult. You just think it's this this cool group that you want to be a part of. No one thinks they're in a cult. Yeah, until you get out and then you realize it was really a cult. It's like that quote, I think you mentioned it when we talked about Nexium, and I've heard it a few times referring to other things where if there's a frog that's in water and the water gets a little bit warmer and a little bit warmer, a little bit warmer, and then it's very hot all of a sudden and the frog ends up cooking itself alive without even realizing. But whereas if the water was hot immediately, the frog would have jumped right out. So just like it starts off small and gets worse and worse and worse, but you like don't realize it. You can't get out before it's too late. Yeah. I feel like there's a million, or maybe not a million, but there's a lot of similar organizations that would be doing things like this. Um, MLM. I, <laughs> I guess they just get away with it because, you know, it kind of borders on being illegal and not being illegal. So, yeah, because it's like no one's forcing the yeah. members to do this and join, but they are using manipulative tactic- tactics and essentially brainwashing vulnerable people. So it's just kind of like a fine line. All right. Well, that's the story of Love Has One, who is now 5D something. <laughs> but Joy we will... five. <laughs> yeah, there's all different offshoot groups now. Like we said, they do a lot online. They post a lot of videos. So we'll post the links and everything in our blog. But I feel dumb saying this, but if you feel like you're someone who could maybe easily be manipulated or feeling vulnerable maybe don't watch them because i don't want like anyone to get sucked into this this group but if you think it all sounds totally ridiculous then definitely check it out (laughs) and one other thing i want to say actually is i get that a lot of this sounds silly and we laugh about it and because it's ridiculous obviously but we do understand that obviously cults are very serious and it is really terrible what they do to vulnerable people and how they exploit people. No, that's funny. And it should go without saying that we don't think that that's funny. Just the whole story and Amy and the things that people can come up with are what we find to be 
a little silly. I don't think that you can deny a lot of a lot of it is very ridiculous. Like the whole chicken and meatballs thing is dumb. Like that's the kind of things that I feel like it's you know that we laugh about or that we have a you know joke about. We're not yeah, like I, we're not joking about people's experiences or their vulnerabilities and things like that. Yeah. So I just want to be clear, we're not. It's not funny that people get sucked into cults and what cults do, but. Amy screaming that she wanted fucking chicken parmesan and was having <laughs> visions of chicken parmesan. Yeah, it's it's a little silly and we're going to giggle about it. But yeah. just wanted to be clear on that before anyone gets mad. <laughs> so that's that. Story closed. Hopefully they will just disintegrate into the atmosphere and not grow into a bigger cult. I have um, also tried to request Amy's autopsy. I haven't got it yet. Hopefully, I haven't, and I haven't been able to find the whole report either. So if we do get it, we'll pop it up on the blog if you want to check it out. Yeah. So everything will be on the blog at truecrimesocietyblog.com. Um, if you don't follow us on Instagram already, definitely follow us there at True Crime Society. We'll post some of the videos and pictures and things there once the episode comes out as well. Plus, we're always just posting true crime news updates. We've been following the Naomi Irian abduction mm. kidnapping story right now. So that's the latest thing we've been posting about a lot. Um, we might do an episode on it, depending how it all plays out. So read up on that one if you want to get a head start. Or follow us on the Instagram if you want to get a head start, because we're posting that, like I said. Um, we also have our personal accounts. Mine is stephsum underscore Olivia's is TCS Olivia. If you want to follow us, see our exciting lives, that, that'd be great. <laughs> They're both linked in the True Crime Society Instagram bio, so you could get to them pretty easily. We have our forum at truecrimesociety.com, just a regular old school forum with usernames. Everyone can chat there with some anon anonim anonymity. <laughs> An uh, anonymity. <laughs> An anonymity. <laughs> I don't know why I tried to go for a big word after just talking for an hour and a half. <laughs> If you haven't reviewed the podcast, rated it, shared it with a friend, subscribed, definitely please do all those things. It's very helpful to us when you do them. Try to get some of your friends to listen. Try to get your coworkers to listen. Anyone who likes true crime, just bring it up to them. We're trying to keep keep this podcast going. So anything you could do to spread the word is a big help to us. Definitely. Um, sharing to your Instagram is always great, your Facebook, whatever. And another thing that helps us out a lot is if you check out any of the sponsors we mentioned in this episode, we've got Apostrophe, BetterHelp, and FitOn. They'll all be linked in the episode description, so if any of them sounded interesting to you and you want to check them out, they will be right there. We'll also post them on our Instagram sometimes. So definitely check those out if any of them sound interesting to you. Um, it's a great way to support the show. All right, and that is it from the laundry list of things that i mentioned at the end of each episode <laughs> we'll be back next week with another episode so we will talk to you guys then thanks for listening exo peace out bye <laughs> see ya <laughs>